Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. so much for your warm invitation um, and also for a whole bunch of warm words about my mum. Uh, many of you will know my dad was the pastor here from 1980 to 1990. Mum passed away about three weeks ago and uh, you've just been lovely uh, about that. Um, last few weeks have been really tough but not so much for my mum because my mum, she knew Jesus and she loved Jesus and she followed Jesus and she served Jesus and she tried her best to go make Jesus famous. So for mum today, lucky thing, uh, she gets to hang out with Jesus for eternity. Um, And guys, if you have not yet put your faith and your trust in this Jesus Christ, what what, what are you hanging about? Why don't you just go ahead and do it? Um, This Jesus is awesome. This Jesus transformed my life. He can transform yours. So if you've never put your trust in Jesus, why not do it now? You can do it now, can't you? You can do it right now. Shall we pray together? So I'm daring to believe, people, that Jesus is here today. And so we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us. So Spirit of the living God... You are welcome in Point and Baptist Church. Spirit of the living God, we're going to ask that you would come this morning and transform some lives. Spirit of the living God, we're going to ask today that you would come and transform this community of Pointon and these communities around Pointon. Spirit of the living God, you are welcome. We hunger for you. We thirst for you. We have a desire to know you, to experience you. We have a desire to understand who you are we have a desire to know your power your strength so spirit of the living God would you fill my life afresh now and for every single person sitting in this beautiful room today would you fill their life afresh now spirit would we walk away from this church today different people people who have interacted with an amazing awesome inspiring and wonderful God spirit would you fall in this place now Spirit of the living Jesus, would you fall? Amen. Amen. All right. So, you just happen to be wandering down uh, Park Lane. And, um, and this dude comes up to you, and he hands you an envelope containing wads of money. Yeah, you like that? Okay. What would you go do with that money? Okay. Uh, somehow this money's legit, by the way, okay? There's nothing too dodgy about it, all right? So a guy comes and hands you a wad of money, uh, and, and it's legit. What are you going to go and spend that money on? Would you go and spend that money on something for your feet? Maybe a pair of Balenciaga high tops. You know, the ones that look like socks. Or, or a pair of Christian Louboutin ankle boots. Would you like a pair of those? Or are you retro cool and would like a pair of yellow Crocs from Stockport Market? <laughs> All right, anyone, any Croc wearers here today? It's a make or break thing, people. Really? 
All right, okay. Or would you go and spend your money on a sun-drenched summer holiday, chilling on the beaches of Bali? Yes. Or Barbados? Or come on, Blackpool? (laughs) Or would you go and spend that wedge of cash on a new set of wheels, a new supercar, an Aston Martin V8 Vantage? Or a BMW i8? Or get this. A 1980s Nissan Micra. <laughs> Have you got one? Oh, <laughs> they are. They're wonderful. Okay. I've spent my career dissing Nissan Micras. Oh, gosh. What happened to the Larder garage in Poynton, by the way? What? When I grew up, there was a larder garage. Aldi has stolen the larder garage. What's going on? Okay. Um, or would you go and spend that money on something to put a smile on the face of Poynton? Perhaps creating a community street party running the whole length of Park Lane. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Or, or creating a music festival to showcase the talent of Poynton. Aren't your band awesome here? Yeah. All right. Or, or would you uh, go and create a community orchard? So the people of Poynton can go and pick Poynton fruit free of charge. Okay, people, you have one vote and you have one vote only. Okay? If someone comes to up to you on Park Lane today and gives you a wedge of cash, what are you going to go and spend your money on? Okay? Will it be something for your feet? There's going to be a picture of all four there. Will it be a sun-drenched summer holiday? Will it be a new supercar or will it be a community project? Would you please stand if you want something? You need something for your feet. Um, <laughs> Something for your feet. Would you stand if you would like something for your feet? Are you really serious? Gosh, I live in London in Croydon. Everyone would now be standing up. All right. Would you stand up if you want that sun-drenched summer holiday? Come on, you live in the north of England. All righty. That's it. Okay. Would you please stand up if you want the supercar? Would everyone now just stop and look at all these, uh, these capitalists amongst us? Would you please stand up if you want to be part of the community festival? Do something to put a smile on the face of Croydon. Alrighty. Alrighty. Settle down. Settle down. Today, guys, today we're going to be checking out a story. A story in the Bible, a story told by none other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God, where a whole bunch of people are also given a whole bunch of cash. Let's go check out what happened. So, can you grab your Bibles? Uh, Can you open them up or switch them on? And we're going to turn to the New Testament. That's the second part of the Bible. And to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament. And to chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Okay? And to the parable of the bags of gold. Now, back in the day, it used to be called the parable of the talents. And I'm already getting bored of my own voice. So, Will, you're going to come up and read. Is that all right? Here we go. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, and another one, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went 
on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and, his master, uh, uh, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where you, you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what, you, what belonged to you. His master replied, You're, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that the harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed... Well then, you should have put your money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received, back, received it back with interest. So, take the bag of gold from, so he took the bag of gold from him and gave, uh, give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has, has will be given more. Then they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will, be, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Nice one. Thank you, Will. All right. So, guys, there's the story. But could you indulge me for a moment? Can I, can I retell it to you in a different kind of way? A kind of way that goes like this. The boss, well, he kind of needed a, bla- a break. He'd been uh, owning and running his football club for more than a decade Uh, And he'd saved it from going under financially, and he'd been saving it from going down the leagues, but he was absolutely knackered. He'd had enough of those long-distance away games at Edgerly Park. Any Stockport County fans here? (laughs) Or down at Moss Rose, any Macclesfield Town fans? One. Okay. That's like double the crowd at Moss Rose, isn't it? Okay. Well, he simply needed a break. He simply needed to chill. But in his absence, he wanted his club to continue moving forward. In his absence, he wanted his club to continue to be successful. So he calls his three favorite employees for a meeting. And in that meeting, those employees, well, they're given wads of cash to go bring success to the team. And then he hops on the bus and he heads for the bright lights of Blackpool. Now, the the CEO of the football club is given the most cash of all and immediately puts it to good use. The club's floated on the stock market, a new fan base springs up in the Far East, and a new all-seater purpose-built stadium, just like this one, is built. The CEO's a roaring success, and soon doubles the money that the boss has given to her. 
Now, the commercial director of the football club also receives a whopping wedge of cash, not quite as much as the CEO, but a considerable sum. And she immediately puts it to good use. Week in, week out, that beautiful new stadium is complete. And a new Adidas kit just flies off the shelves in the new club shop. And the commercial director, well, she's a roaring success, and she soon doubles the money that the boss has given to her. Now, the coach of the football club, he also gets a whole wedge of cash. Not as much as the CEO, not as much as the commercial director, but still a considerable sum. However, the coach, here he is. <laughs> He's scared of his boss. He's scared he'll get the sack. He's been hanging out with Jose Mourinho, and he knows just how long football managers last in this neck of the woods. So he takes the boss's money, and he stuffs it in the mattress back at home. He doesn't buy any players. He doesn't buy any equipment. He doesn't invest in the youth academy. He just does nothing. And his team, just like Chelsea, start to slide down the table. But Manchester United fans, it will all be different tomorrow night. But one day, the boss decides to return. Blackpool's too hot for him to handle. So he returns to take charge of his business once again. So he calls his three favorite employees for a meeting to see what they've gone and done with his loots. The CEO, you know, has gone and doubled her money. So the boss rewards her by making her president of the club. The commercial director's gone and, as you know, doubled her money. And so the boss rewards her by giving her a place on the board. But then... The boss turns to the coach and sees that he's done absolutely nothing with the money that the boss has gone and given him. No investment, no effort, no ambition, no improvement, and therefore nil point. And the club rooted to the bottom of the league. It is actually all about Macclesfield Town, isn't it? <laughs> and so the boss gets mad and the coach gets fired. His reputation so much in tatters that not even the Lostock Rangers under 11's team will actually touch him now. Guys, we had the parable of the bags of gold. All right, who hates football? Awesome. That is the end of the football chatter because the parable of the bags of gold has absolutely nothing to do with life in a football club, but actually loads and loads and loads to do with life in the kingdom of Jesus. Check it out. In the parable of the bags of gold, it's Jesus who's speaking, and he's saying this, I am about to go away. I'm about to go away, and maybe, just maybe, just maybe, just maybe, I'm going to be going away for a very, very, very long time. But then one day, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. You probably have to be 55 to understand that. Okay, I'll be back. And when I'm back, I'm coming back to check out what you have been doing in my absence. You see, as Jesus tells this story, as Jesus tells this parable, he's about one week away from Easter. That means he's one week away from the cross. That means he's one week away from the empty tomb, the greatest day in history. That means he's one week away from becoming saviour of the world. As Jesus tells his story, as Jesus tells his parable, he's about seven weeks away, seven weeks away from his ascension, big word, from going back home to be with his father in heaven. As Jesus tells his story, as Jesus tells his parable, he's saying this to you, Point and Baptist Church. He's saying, I'm the king. I am the king. 
And I'm going away, and maybe just maybe I'm going to be going away for a very, very long time. But one day I will be back. And on that day, Poynton Baptist Church, this is for you. On that day, Poynton, I'm going to hold you to account for all the stuff that you've been doing in my absence. On that day, Poynton Baptist Church, Jesus is going to be saying, I'm going to be checking out how you've used all that stuff that I've gone and given you in life. On that day, Poynton Baptist Church, Jesus is going to be asking you, what have you gone and done to build my kingdom here in Poynton exactly as it is in heaven? That's a bit scary, isn't it? Scary words. Strong words. Tough words. Can we spend a few moments trying to check out what in the blazes they have to say to you and me today? Guys, I think there's two things. Here's the first thing. Jesus expects active waiting. Jesus expects active waiting. Guys, you do realize that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, has gone and given you and me unbelievable riches, don't you? Just like the employees in today's story who received their five bags of gold and their two bags of gold and their one bag of gold from their boss, you and I have received incredible riches from our boss. You and I have received incredible riches from Jesus Christ. You and I, well, we've received great financial riches from God. Now, it may not feel like it as you think about the cost of your mortgage today here in Poynton, or you think about your student loan repayments, or you think about your weekly food bill down at Aldi, but compared with most of the rest of the world, you and I are financially wealthy. You and I are amongst the richest 2% of people in the whole wide world. Guys, you and I have received riches and wealth that Jesus Christ expects and Jesus Christ demands that we go use to go build his kingdom. Are you with me? Three of you are. Good. And you and I, well, we've received great educational riches from God, haven't we? Now, it may not feel like it as you remember your time back in Lower Park Primary School. Anyone else go there? All right. And points and higher. You went there a lot before me, didn't you, Jill? Yeah. And Poynton County High School. Um, apologies to any teachers, any governors present. Uh, but compared to most of the rest of the world, you and I are educationally wealthy, aren't we? Free education and good education and the ability to think and dream and act. You and I have wealth that Jesus expects and Jesus demands that we use to go build his kingdom. And you and I, we, we've received great gifts and abilities from God, haven't we? Isn't God good? Yeah? Now, it may not feel like it as you think about the gifts and the abilities of the person sitting next to you this morning. Go on, have a look at them. Go on. Tell them they're looking hot or something. You know, every single person sitting in this beautiful room today has received gifts and abilities from God to use to bless, to discover, to go build the kingdom of Jesus here in Poynton exactly as it is in heaven. You and I have wealth that Jesus demands and Jesus expects that we will use to go build his kingdom. You and I have also received housing from God, haven't we? And health from God and families from God and cars from God and 
Playstations from God and Caribbean beach holidays from God and gardens from God. We've even received smiles from God, haven't we? Guys, you and I have riches that Jesus Christ expects and demands that we use to go build his kingdom. But there's a massive problem. It's a huge whopping problem. The problem is that so very few of us here today actually use those gifts, use that stuff in the way that Jesus intended. The problem is today that so very few of us actually go and use our stuff to go build the kingdom of Jesus. The problem is that so many of us here today have actually made a massive error in life. We've assumed that the riches that Jesus has given us are ours. They're ours to own. Guys, very simply, they ain't. They're not. The riches that Jesus has given to us, they're ours to administer, yep. They're ours to use, they're ours to govern, but essentially they all belong to Jesus. We're the guardians of those riches, but guess who's the owner? Are you with me? It's Jesus who's the owner. So guys, get this, the house that you live in. Actually, just picture your house for a second. You know, those five ensuite bedrooms, jacuzzi, <laughs> swimming pool. Treble garage to put your three Nissan Micras in. Okay. That house that you belong to. Do you know what? It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to... Well, we go for Jesus, but that'll do. All right. It belongs to Jesus. So use that home as a place to go advance the kingdom of Jesus. Use it as a place of hospitality. Use it as a place to create family. Use it as a place of worship. And guys... The family that you belong to. Do you love your family? Yeah. Guess what? It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. Come on. So lavish your love on that family. Actually, lavish your fun on that family. Actually, go and find people who have no family to love them and no family to have fun with them and lavish everything on them. And guys, get this. The creativity you possess. Guys, you are a creative church, aren't you? I'm loving this wall. Um, who created this cross? Is the cross creator here? You've got so much create your website. Who's the website creator? Yeah. How did it feel coming second to HTB? <laughs> okay. Awesome. You've got so much creativity in this place. Guess what? Your creativity does not belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. Oh, come on, it belongs to Jesus. Yes. So use that creativity to go worship your creator. Use it to bring others close to Jesus. Use it to go put a smile on the face of Poynton and while you're at it, at Bollington and Macclesfield and let's go even to Stockport as well. Guys, you catching my drift? Are you going with the way that I'm flowing? <laughs> Everything that you have in life is just simply on loan. So go use it for the glory of God. But you know what? Some of you might be saying, it's not fair. It's not fair. God's given you more wealth than me, hasn't he? I can tell. <laughs> You're richer than me. You're better looking than me as well. You've got a... Oh, you, you, you don't agree. You've got a better job than me. You, sir, have got a better house than me. Chris Russell, where are you? You can afford to shop in St. Anne's Square in Manchester, can't you? You're more talented, you're more gifted than me and my family. It's not fair. 
why did Jesus leave Chris Russell five bags of gold and I only got one? <laughs> you, you know, some of us might be saying that. Some of us might be playing that comparison game, but guys, it ain't about that. It's about one thing and it's about one thing only. Using what we've been given in life to go build the kingdom of Jesus. Are you with me? Using what God has gone and placed in our hands to go put a smile on the face of the king. Guys, Jesus has gone away. But he'll be coming back one day. So Jesus expects active waiting. But there's more. Do you need the ginger biscuits yet? <laughs> All right, here we go. Coffee, if you're making one, can I have one? And not that instant rubbish they gave me yesterday. <laughs> Jesus expects active waiting, but more than that, Jesus expects risk-taking. If the parable of the bags of gold tells us a whole bunch about active waiting... It also speaks to us a whole bunch about risk-taking. Because those first two workers, they most certainly were risk-takers, weren't they? They took the boss's cash. They took the risk to use it rather than lose it and ended up doubling the money that the boss had given them in the first place. There's a sense that these two had a really, really, really close relationship with their boss. There was also a sense that the boss kind of loved it that they went and took some risky business with his cash. But the third worker clearly wasn't a risk taker. He took the boss's loot and he simply stashed it under the mattress at home. He didn't even take the risk of stashing it in his Barclays current account. There's more than a sense that this worker didn't have a close relationship with his boss because Matthew tells us in his gospel that he was scared of his boss and there was a more than a sense that the boss was kind of naffed off with this worker and his fear of taking risks because the boss simply booted him out of his company. Guys, I kind of have this sense that the Jesus who actually asks us to wait actively for his return is also the Jesus who kind of asks us to go take some risks with the stuff that he's given us. I kind of think that Jesus would absolutely love it if all of us went and took a huge amount of risk with the stuff that he's given us. Guys, if you get nothing else today, get this. Let's not be a bunch of people who tiptoe our way through life carefully so that we arrive at death safely. Okay, you with me? I'll try and do that again without doing the mincing steps. Let's not be a people who tiptoe our way through life carefully so that we arrive at death safely. Let's be a bunch of people who are ready to risk everything, and I mean everything, in order to go reveal the kingdom of Jesus. Let's be a bunch of people who are ready to risk everything to go put a smile on the face of the king. So what do we have to go do? Well, you know what? The kingdom of Jesus is a kingdom of peace. And the kingdom of Jesus is a kingdom of justice. And the kingdom of Jesus is the kingdom of hope. And the kingdom of Jesus is the kingdom of love. And the kingdom of Jesus, above all, is the kingdom of salvation. The kingdom of Jesus is a kingdom where the homeless get housed, and the hungry get fed, and the refugee gets welcomed, where the lonely gets loved, and the world gets to go meet with Jesus. Guys, 
What outrageous risks is Jesus asking you to do today as an individual or you to do as a church to go bring about peace, to go bring about justice, to go bring about hope, to go bring about love, to go bring about salvation in this community today? Guys, get this. You have the permission of heaven today to be outrageously risky. You have the permission of heaven to be outrageously risky. Here's my question. What are you going to go do about it? Guys, what's an opportunity you have as a church? In an interregnum here, your church has gone and got all creative and your church has grown. That doesn't happen. If churches do well in the interregnum, the space between pastors, um, churches, if they do well, stand still. You're not standing still, are you, Poynton? You're going forward. You're going after Jesus. So what an opportunity you have now, right here in this church, in such a time as this, to go create a significant, a relevant, a growing, a community-centered, Jesus-focused, spirit-filled community of justice and grace and welcome here, right in the heart of Poynton Village. Are you with me? What an opportunity you have right now to create a church which gets the people of Poynton and the people of Bollington and the people of Macclesfield and even the people of Stockport absolutely buzzing for Jesus. Guys, part of the riches that you have been given in this church are in your location in this neck of the woods. So don't grab your bags of gold and go bury it in the middle of Poynton Pool. Take your bags of gold and use it to be the hands of Jesus feet of Jesus, voice of Jesus, to a beautiful community here in Poynton who desperately, 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 desperately need to know Jesus. Guys, Jesus has gone away. But you know what? He is going to be coming back for you one day. And when he does come back, those who knew Jesus and those who invested in his kingdom get the privilege of sharing in all his eternal happiness. But those who didn't know Jesus and those who didn't invest in his kingdom won't. So points in Baptist Church, Jesus expects and demands active waiting. And he expects and he demands risk-taking. So here's my encouragement to you. Go do it. Go live out the kingdom of Jesus. Do your very best to go put a smile on the face of the king. Shall we pray together? don't know about you guys, but I have a sense that God is here in this building today. And he wants to do some business with people today. There's perhaps a whole bunch of us Christians who've been moseying on down for too long. And actually we began to drift and float and not live up to the expectations that Jesus has for us in life. Have this sense that God is in this building and he wants to shake up and stir some people. God is doing a marvelous thing amongst you here in this church, but he wants to do more. 
and he wants a people who are hungry and thirsty to do more. God has blessed you with so much, and because he's blessed you with so much, he demands so much from you. He wants your neighbors to know Jesus. He wants to see true justice come in marriages and in families and justice to come on the streets of Manchester with the homeless and the refugee. He wants true justice to come, and he expects this of you. And he's saying, I've given you so much. I've blessed you with so much. I want you to now be really active for me. Actively wait for the return of my son, Jesus Christ. He is coming back. He is coming back. So be ready. But he's also wanting more. There is so much creativity in this space. There is so much ability in this space. There is so much passion for Jesus in this space. He wants more. And he wants risky people. He wants people here to be outrageously risky. I kind of think the God that we worship is a God who doesn't mind a bit of failure. But he loves a bit of effort. He loves people to try. So Father, would you anoint this people here in Poynton? Would you encourage this people here in Poynton? Would you send your spirit now to fill this church here in Poynton? Will you begin to move in this place and burn with passion amongst this people to wait actively and risk take for the kingdom of Jesus? We're going to begin to drift into a period of worship. We're going to ask God to build our life. wondering if there's anyone here today who's been listening to what we've been saying, listening to what the Spirit's been saying, and has a sense that God is moving in your life, and and you want to make a stand. Perhaps life has been drifting along for you, and it's time to make a stand, and to say, I'm going to take the next step with my God. I'm going to walk in obedience with my God. I'm going to use the stuff that he's placed in my hand to serve my God. I am going to go with my God. I'm going to take some risks for my God. If God's speaking to you, can I just invite you to stand? Because people would love to pray with you. If God's speaking with you today and saying, I want to move in your life. I want you to take the next step with me. Just just stand. And if there's people standing, would people just gather around these lovely folk? begin to pray words into their life, words over their life, and just surround them with love and grace and mercy. So if God is working in your life and saying, you need to take the next step, no one's going to be judging you today, no one's going to be looking. If you sense that God is moving and that God wants something more from you, if you want to step out in obedience, can I just encourage you to stand people will stand around you as you offer your life to this incredible hope, this incredible God, this incredible Savior called Jesus. And as people pray, we begin to drift into worship. We could perhaps encourage everyone to stand. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.